0: Hi and welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast, a show about Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today for episode 184, my guest is Alessandro Cesare, also known as El Sultan Bitcoin. He's the CEO of CoinSpree, he's in Venezuela and he's extremely passionate about spreading Bitcoin. This show brought to you by Swan Bitcoin. You already know Swan is the best place to auto-stack your Bitcoin in the US with incredibly easy setup and low fees. But Swan is also making a splash on the Bitcoin content scene with Swan Signal. Swan Signal pairs up great Bitcoiners for unique, compelling discussions. They broadcast live every week on Twitter and YouTube and then you can get it at swansignalpodcast.com. Swan has also launched the Swan Force. With Swan Force, you get paid to recruit Bitcoiners. You earn 0.25% of every Swan Plan purchase your referral makes for up to three years, and they get $10 of sweet sats dropped into their account. Everybody wins. Join the Swan Force at swanbitcoin.com/enlist. This podcast also sponsored by Unchained Capital, a Bitcoin financial services company offering you products and services built on the foundation of multi-signature. If you need a way to improve your security beyond a single signature you can look at multi-sig and get a two of three multi-sig vault with Unchained. you can use trezor or ledger it's a really simple setup on the website and they have vault and loan specialists who can help you out if you're stuck as well also if you want to get some liquidity in usd without selling your bitcoin you can put up some bitcoin and get usd as a loan and in that scenario your Bitcoin is still stored on-chain in dedicated multi-sig addresses and it's never rehypothecated. Go and check out the website at unchained-capital.com. Are you in the UK? Or do you have pre-coiner or new-coiner friends in the UK? Check out CoinFloor, their Bitcoin-only exchange they recently launched AutoBuy, so you can now stack sats hands-free. It's really quick, it's really easy, and they've also got a really competitive affiliate scheme in the Bitcoin space. It's a 39-month scheme that lets you generate a Bitcoin income by referring new or existing CoinFloor customers to AutoBuy. The website is coinfloor.co.uk. Lastly, Cypher Safe, producing the Cypher wheel. If you've got a Bitcoin hardware wallet or just a seed or even a passphrase that you are protecting and it's just on a piece of paper, just be wary. Is it fireproof? Is it waterproof? Is it rustproof? Is it pet proof and tamper-evident? That's why you need to look into the cipher wheel. It comes in a wheel shape, it masks the words of your seed, and it's also got a padlock tamper-evident seal. Make sure that you or your loved ones have access to your bitcoins if an accident occurs. Orders are going out. Go and order yours at ciphersafe.io. Alright, so in this chat with Alessandro, we talk about a range of things growing up in Venezuela and some economics and the Venezuelan diaspora, as well as mining in Venezuela, Bitcoin nodes. Just note, though, if you have kids in the car, there are a couple swear words in the interview, so just warning you. Here's the interview. Welcome, Alessandro.
1: Thank you very much for having me on the show, Stefan.
0: Oh, it's great to chat with you. So uh, look, just a quick note for the listeners. We were planning to do this the next morning, actually, for my time, <laughs> or it would have been in the afternoon. But uh, you know, you're on now, and we thought, well, we might as well just get this going now while you're here. Because I know the internet is a little bit more um, yeah. patchy where you are. So look, tell us a little bit about you, man. We want to hear your story. How did you get into, you know, all this Bitcoin stuff? And, you know, let's start a little bit with, um, I guess, I think it would be very interesting for my listeners to hear a little bit about, you know, growing up in Venezuela. What was it like from an economic and monetary perspective? What was that like?
1: Well um I'm 26 years old and I was thinking before getting on the show know the fact that I, I think that uh Australia has not seen a recession for the, by, for the past 28 years I think right uh but all of my life I've been living a recession <laughs> all of it man so it, Ouch. it's pretty yeah no well it's pretty normal to me here in the term uh I think it's uh it it's it's not a, uh the normal for people that have not been like inside my country. It it's crazy. It's a thing that you need to live and breathe to totally understand it. Um so look, I the other day on Citizen Bitcoin, right? Talking to Brady, I told him that uh, my Bitcoin story started in 2011 at high school when I was talking to to some friends. I was uh, at a friend's apartment. And we were just browsing on the internet and we found this, uh, you know, digital currency. <laughs> and we started peeking around it. It was first like a cool thing. And then I started really getting into it. But actually thinking about it this, these past days, I'm pretty sure, Stefan, that my Bitcoin story starts in 2009. So in 2009, I traveled to the United States with my father, with only my father and me at the time. And we went to Santra's bank to check our family savings. And I had to stay there like for six hours. I was, I was like 14 years old, 12, 12 years old, maybe. Right. Uh, and I, I did, I did not know what was happening. And, and then it ended, it ended up being the fact that Santra's bank had, uh, had taken from us more than $250,000 in savings. And that went through a whole deal that we went to the FBI in the United States to go through the case, and then attorneys, attorneys, attorneys in the United States uh, just to get back our money. You know, uh, that was just a hectic, a hectic story. So that was pretty much the thing in my life that uh, I started asking me, uh, asking myself this question of where does money come from? How does the banking system work? why did a bank so reputable in the united states <laughs> <laughs> took my family savings and but yeah sorry after,
0: sorry one thing why did they take it what was the reason
1: look um uh, my family never emitted nor any debit card or credit card or checks for that account it was just some family it was just a savings account in the united states okay the reputable savings account in the us man you know um Someone at a certain point went inside the bank and they just emitted new debit cards and then they started withdrawing with those debit cards, like a hundred or hundred and fifty dollars daily from Bucaramanga and Medellin in Colombia. How the fuck? If you're a reputable bank, someone starts withdrawing a hundred or two hundred dollars daily from a savings account that has never moved. In like five, seven years, and then all of a sudden, he's in Colombia with more money. What the fuck is that? So there must be a, a thing pretty messed up inside the banking system. I think it's not the U.S. I think it's globally. But yeah, basically, let's get to 2011. I was at this friend's apartment and just... Started studying about Bitcoin. I was not very, you know, I was, I was in high school, man. I was not even in college yet, so <laughs> to me, it was just a game. People were playing video games on the internet, man, and exchanging bitcoins for magic cards and stuff and have hotel, whatever, you know. Uh, but that, but then it was in 2013 that it was in Sweden. I was already, I had already like investigated so much about Bitcoin, man, and it's the price started skyrocketing. The bubble started in 2013 bubble and I was in Sweden. Yeah. uh, I couldn't stop watching a Bitcoin's price. I was not very well financially educated at at the time. Right. So I was not able to grasp that like Bitcoin in a way that I thought about it for the long term.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, did you have any Bitcoin or were you just kind of researching uh, it or what? uh,
1: I did not. I did not. I was only researching, uh, doing some research. But then in 2013, I started one of the biggest mines uh, with a couple of friends. I'm actually sure looking at one of them right now. <laughs> I'm borrowing his <laughs> office. <laughs> <laughs> he is a pretty cool Bitcoin project himself, and we'll talk about it later. That's pretty confidential for the time being. Uh, but yeah, we, we built one of the biggest Venezuelan Bitcoin mines at the time, man, with we we started mining with S1s, then S3s, S7s, S9s. I've built mines for people, and that's how I got my first bitcoins. It was just mining, uh, and you know, I, I see Bitcoin swell, as I call it, <laughs> the Bitcoin the Bitcoin heaven of the globe, man. I mean, free electricity, and and when everyone was starting mining, oh, it's just it was perfect it was like the perfect setup scenario dude literally and it's always been and it, it it has just continued growing up and building on itself just like everywhere else right
0: yeah and so tell us about your mining experience because i am i could imagine they were they you know they might have cottoned on and said oh hang on there's all this electricity usage going on here don't we want to look into that what happened with that
1: Okay, so uh, of course we started mining with video cards. Uh, when we started mining, well, I was looking at some mining hardware that was being launched in, in California. And I started telling my dad that I was well, going to become a millionaire traveling <laughs> to California. And I was going to start mining this magic coin with this special hardware whatever. <laughs> uh, but look, uh, it was not, there, there was a period. Uh, and, I, and I would say that it was the S9 and s as as whatever that came after that period that was uh during the 2017 bubble uh you could buy like an ant miner for twenty five hundred dollars in Caracas. uh and that's when the government started going uh, after all of these mining operations underground uh. that were happening in venezuela but at that time 20, 2013 you were just like the ideal pioneer Nobody knew what the hell you were doing, man. Everyone thought you were just a crazy dude spending your time wasting electricity or whatever and resources, buying some crappy stuff. I, mean, I don't know. It was just so cool, man. I've lived all... I'm not made of steel, but I'm made of Bitcoin. You can be sure.
0: <laughs> so so then, okay, so what what was the kind of... Next step then in on your journey, like you were doing mining in 2013, and then, you know, you've gotten to this point now. Tell us yeah. a little bit of what, what you were doing after the mining.
1: We mined like until 2015, I personally right, myself. Uh, then I got separated from the group, uh, and then eventually we sold all of the mines. So we made a pretty good, good decent profit on that because we don't. it was like uh, we sold the hardware after two years of being operating, almost at the cost that we paid for it initially. Uh, So we mined Bitcoins. We sold the hardware pretty decently. We made a decent profit. I started investigating more about Bitcoin, man. And and because of those Bitcoins that I had, look, I've always had this personal uh, uh, interest of creating a hardware myself because I started studying electrical engineering at college in 2011. Uh, So in 2016, I traveled to China, dude. I traveled to China in December. I wanted to see China, see what the heck was going on over there. I went to Shenzhen, Guangzhou. I went to Hong Kong as well. That was an amazing trip, dude, uh, especially to a humble Venezuelan, man. It's like you're, you're going to the other side of the globe. You're opening your mind, right? Uh, so I, I, I booked two, two Airbnbs. I booked an Airbnb for Guangzhou and for Shenzhen. And both my hosts had Bitcoin. What's the probability, right? <laughs> wow.
0: Well, so, you know, maybe, maybe people who are on Airbnb, they're like on the, they're very like forward thinking about these things. I don't know. So, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it sounds like, you know, you're quite well traveled.
1: Yeah, man, a lot. I, I, I've had the opportunity to to see 35 countries for myself, man. Uh, for Venezuela, that's a lot. And I, I, I try to channel as much uh, hum- humility as possible, right? Uh, humbleness. Uh, when talking about that, because I come from a very humble country, man, and there's it's only full of beautiful people. I can tell you, I bet I can bet you that this is the most beautiful country in the world, man, and you're gonna see it with your own eyes because you are gonna come here with El Salta, man. Be sure of that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I I think I'm curious actually, like, because I can imagine then your story would be very atypical, right? Like, most. Like most venezuelan people would not have had like would not have had the, that kind of opportunity right and I guess that's the other thing as well like uh, in terms of like you know the typical understanding around bitcoin what what would the typical sort of understanding be like when you talk to you know Venezuelans, what's their kind of understanding around bitcoin
1: okay so Do they think well, it's a
0: scam or you know
1: uh most uh, most of them think it's it's a scam.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but but there's uh I mean it's already been so many years that you've seen uh I'm gonna use the term millennials, although we are we I'm a millennial myself and we hate that term because it's a stereo st- it's a stupid stereotype of the industry. The industry does not even exist, it's only small groups of people drinking coffee together.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The smash. But, but yeah,
1: so, so, look, uh, so many people have already got into Bitcoin, like 20-somewhat uh, years old people inside mm-hmm. inside Venezuela, specifically in Caracas, right, uh, the capital. Uh, if you tell even a chick today, like a beautiful chick from a country, and you tell her, uh, do you know what Bitcoin is? She would tell you, yeah, I have a couple of friends that mine the cryptocurrency or whatever. And, you know, we, we actually have this... Uh, national cryptocurrency el petro that started in 2017 and and that was the, that was like the government shooting themselves in the in the foot man literally cuz they did uh marketing for free for bitcoin that that's it and then in twin in the 2017 bubble we got all of this hype inside venezuela especially with the dash of uh, the Caracas and Venezuela foundation uh, i actually believe that they 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 opened people's mind a lot because they started giving for free Dash to people in Caracas. So it was hectic. All of these uh, events that the Dash Foundation would do inside Venezuela. Uh, Bitcoin itself has not had yet a, 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 a events as big as the ones that Dash has already done inside my country. I actually think that's uh, somewhat negative, but I'm already planning on doing one of the best global Bitcoin events inside Bitcoin. Swell. So, uh, you can be sure about it, man. <laughs>
0: that's cool. That's awesome, man. So, like, what's the typical, I guess, what's like the level of the education around Bitcoin then? Like, what, what are some of the materials that uh, Venezuelans would use or look at for Bitcoin education?
1: So there's this, um, in Spanish, there's this digital uh, digital journal, right, uh, Crypto Noticias. It's very well known for the Latin American market, right, South America. It's for the Hispanic market overall. Uh, I know the CEO himself, the, the founders and the co-founders, they've even come to my office uh, twice. Uh, nice, nice guys, Venezuelans, just tough entrepreneurs. Baddest bitcoiners. <laughs> uh, th- th- that 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 would be one of the main resources that they use. Um, I think that most of the curated uh, material and you know learning and education stuff about Bitcoin on the internet, it's all in English. You know that stuff, and it's like that, right? Uh, you have one of the most trending podcasts thanks to your beautiful accent, but <laughs> <laughs> un- unfortunately, if I if I. If I told a couple of friends, like, listen to this podcast, they probably say, like, oh, but it's too Bitcoiner stuff, and it's, it's in English. Is there anything in Spanish? But then if you do a podcast in Spanish, you need to do it very, very well, and it can only be Bitcoin. It, it must have also other related stuff to it. It's like, I want if you want to put Bitcoin, it's, it's great, but it needs to be, like, indirectly, you know?
0: Right, I see. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm also curious around what people use as, you know, like store of value, right? Like, are people trying to hold USD instead so they don't lose value? Are they looking at, you know, Zelle or these other kind of, kind of, sort of stable coin ish or just using <laughs> kind of the, you know, the, the banking system in some way to preserve their wealth? What's the typical, what are some of the methods people use if they're not using Bitcoin right now yet, you know?
1: Well, look, uh, oil was when oil was discovered in Venezuela, it was pretty much done by the Americans. Uh, so all of our history since the 1900s, right, uh, we've been tied up to the American economy until Ch- Hugo Chavez came in, literally. Uh, the whole thing just went sideways. So uh, we were used to, as Venezuelans, traveling a lot to the United States, open up, opening up bank accounts, savings accounts, checking accounts. And just depositing all of our nation's wealth inside the United States. Literally, man. I mean, even the government. Like, the government right now has uh, freezed uh, some accounts that they had uh, at Citibank. So, uh, pretty much every Venezuelan's dream was travel to the U.S. and see Mickey and Disneyland and open up a bank account in the U.S. So, if, if you had the chance to travel to, you, to the U.S., man, you... You do have a bank account in the United States. I use JP Morgan Chase, for example, uh, and I use Zelle to make some payments daily. I don't even use the Bolivar anymore. I just change some Bitcoins when I want to spend my Bitcoins <laughs> and I change them to, for Bolivars and on uh, local Bitcoins. So as custodial solutions, people here uh, mostly use local Bitcoins. Totally. That's it. Uh, They just leave those Bitcoins there. If they have a U.S. bank account, probably they already have an an Uphold account because, you know, uh, at the beginning, it's RTM. I don't know if you know RTM.
0: I've heard of it, but I don't know much about it. It's
1: like a a peer-to-peer platform. You can buy Bitcoins using Zelle, using Wire Transfer. It's sort of like a local Bitcoin, but more user-friendly uh it's just a piece of shit my friend that is here he has a better project he's gonna eat up uh local bitcoins in that time you can be sure of that Uh, he's a a commercial partner of so i'm pretty aware of what the fuck the fucker is doing
0: (laughs) right yeah yeah so and then um that whole story as well of um so i'm sure you've probably seen uh the matt alborg stuff and like you've probably seen that stuff and I presume. I mean, you, you'd have friends, you know, who are part of that story, who are doing that sort of stuff.
1: Of course, uh, I have lots of friends that got into the remittance part of Bitcoin because before being Bitcoin, it was only dollars. You would buy and sell dollars, buy and sell dollars, and then yourself a fee in the middle, right? Uh, the typical intermediary concept. Uh, for the past 15 years, that's been basically the main driver of business inside yeah. Venezuela how to get the money out of the country, how to get the money back in inside the country, okay? Because you can't accept uh, uh, dollars here, uh, nor euros inside your bank account. It's terrible. The whole, the whole banking system is broke, okay? Uh, uh, look, Venezuela is a very particular stuff, man. Look, uh, it's, I have more than 10 friends that they live out of Bitcoin remittance, uh, after the sanctions of the united states and the 2017 bubble bitcoin was ju- bitcoin usage inside venezuela just went booming and it's non stop and now we don't even have zelle Wells fargo quit its zelle payments inside coming from uh, venezuelan territory it's pretty stupid oh Wells fargo is a is a it's a very hypocrite and shitty bank <laughs> Literally, it is man. so
0: So then the typical flow, as I understand it, is you have this diaspora, right? So people will go overseas to try and earn money and they'll buy Bitcoins in whatever other country, send them, and then they'll sort of do it through one of these traders who is kind of being the middleman here. And then they're the one who is trying to provide that kind of in-between between between Bitcoins and then the the bolivars that the local person needs, right? So I guess some of your friends are those trader guys, right?
1: Right. You got that almost right, except for the part that uh, people don't, those people that live outside Venezuela, not most of them are buying Bitcoin for themselves and then giving Bitcoins to these remittance traders. No, it's like they just send them their euros to any bank account and then they uh, they are in charge of taking the money, changing it for Bitcoin and using Bitcoin to change it for Bolivar. And it's all happening through local Bitcoins, by the way. I think it's a cycle that will just continue. It's growing. And Bitcoin volume inside Venezuela is going to surpass the billion dollars per year, man. And that's huge for this country. I mean, like our international reserves right now are standing at $6.67 billion. And that's mostly gold and stuff, some dollars in euros. Uh, and eventually, I think that Bitcoin volume inside Venezuela will even surpass uh, the amount of international reserves that we have. Bitcoin is going to be bigger than the whole Venezuelan economy itself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of like the, I guess that's the remittance story. And then there's also the, you know, holding story. So, uh, I mean, as I understand, it's it's kind of like not everyone, well, many people are not at the point where they can really save, right? Because they're kind of living sort of hand to mouth, right? Um, what's your experience there? Is, it, is that like a small percentage of the people who are able to actually hold Bitcoin and kind of, Do it for speculation reasons.
1: Totally, dude, and I can tell you, and I can, and you can be sure of that—that I'm the best Bitcoin hodler, okay, (laughs) of Venezuela, dude. I have 100% of my savings exclusively in Bitcoin, dude. I've been even into financial markets for the past six years, and I quit all of that. I only have GBTC on my broker account in the United States, dude. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah not much people can HODL Bitcoin that's it so I think it's actually a huge deal to build uh, important businesses that will make usage of the Lightning Network for people to buy even cents of Bitcoin inside Latin America not only Venezuela and Zimbabwe and those countries like that okay so Zimbabwe is comparable to Ghana uh, Venezuela is comparable to Zimbabwe and Ghana and Uzbekistan and whatever I mean, if you see all yeah. of those, those tweets that uh, they come out uh, often, those, those videos that those who are th- those who don't look and remember the past, they will be destined to live the past once again, or whatever. All of those yeah, videos, doomed to repeat it, yeah. Uh, doomed to repeat it, yeah. All those flags and hyperinflating economies, love of the past years, and then suddenly in two thousand and fourteen Minnesota goes, wow, first place. <laughs>
0: That's cool, man. So uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your Lightning experience. Have you played around with any Lightning wallets? Sure, like dude,
1: that? sure. I run five full notes myself and one of them is Satellite. <laughs> so yeah, look, uh, uh, I played the Lightning, spin, the Lightning Spin. I started playing <laughs> the, the, the Lightning Spin on the Lightning Network uh, before it was bought by OpenNote. I think it was actually easier to... Uh, to, to grab something or make a profit before I open bought it, but that's fine. Yeah, I played with the Lightning Network. I, I even grabbed uh, the the, ti- the Lightning Tiny Torch, not the actual uh, Torch, but the, the Tiny Torch.
0: Awesome, man. So like, what are some of your the wallets and things that you would use in the Lightning Network?
1: I I, I only use the LND protocol. That's it. And if, okay. and if it's for my phone, I will probably use Blue Wallet because I have an iPhone.
0: Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And then, um, yeah. So uh, do you have like do, are any of kind of your trader friends into lightning stuff as well? Or are they kind of all just doing on-chain stuff? Because that's kind of lo- what local Bitcoins is, right?
1: On-chain, dude. On-chain. I mean, lightning network is still for geeks, man. It's bad as Bitcoiners. But we got to continue building in on it. Okay. It's, it's so important. I think there are only like three lightning notes inside Venezuela. One uh, yeah. one of, of CoinSpree's team members right now. He lives in Switzerland. He moved abroad about uh, two to three years ago. Um, uh, he's been helping me a lot. Now he's he's starting to run his open door box in Zurich, and and he already uh, like installed a gigabit uh, per second internet over there. So so is gonna start building like a we're gonna have uh, always twenty four seven open our lightning node uh, from Switzerland. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. Look, so let's get into nodes then. So uh, <laughs> tell us about your first Bitcoin node experience. Like, what, what, what was that like?
1: That was actually thanks to Jameson Love. I got to give that to you, okay? That credit is his. Uh, I got into a tutorial I found uh, on Medium. It was how to install a Bitcoin Core full node on Ubuntu for non-technical users. I've already, I've always been a technophile, a geek all of my life, man, okay? Uh, an internet guy, <laughs> literally. Uh, but I never, I had never installed Linux myself, and we're talking about almost three years ago. I just went through the tutorial, uh, just went through it, installed my node, and started understanding, like, what what was happening here, what was happening uh, before that, in 2016, uh, and. Almost in 2017, uh, I had the opportunity to meet up with some friends, and I tried to set up like what was going to be the first uh, Bitcoin-only Venezuelan exchange. Okay, uh, not like local Bitcoins, which is a company from Iceland. Okay, and that is eating up all, all up of the volume. <laughs> uh, that's where I started learning more about notes. They didn't. They didn't even know what the fucking note was. But we we uh, got with. Got into talks with a developer, a Bitcoiner from abroad, from the United States, and he started explaining to us about this full nodes and stuff. So I started digging more into that. And that's why in 2017, then eventually I installed my node myself. And that's when I said, Stefan, oh my God, I don't know how the hell, but everyone needs to run a full node. And they just don't know it. They don't know it, man. And and I've just studied so much about Bitcoin and I went crazy about it. I found some parallels uh, with Atlantis to Bitcoin itself. And I think that if you don't run a Bitcoin fool, no, you're not uh, into the real decentralized part of Bitcoin, okay? And you're not a Bitcoin uh, citizen, okay? To me, Bitcoin <laughs> Bitcoin is not a currency anymore. It's more than that. It's a global digital continent, man. And it's the first digital continent that humankind has ever created in history, Stefan. And it is like that. And it is above everything now, man above the constitution and above governments and above the banking system, above everything, dude. And the community is just beautiful. Look at this. I'm having the possibility to talk to a dude that's in Sydney 14 hours ahead of me. And it's all because
0: of Bitcoin, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. So, uh, I mean, look, the thing is, it's one of those, it's difficult to communicate the value of that to a person who's new, right? Because the typical answers you'll get from people are, oh, uh, you know, I've already got my hardware wallet or I trust the exchange, worst worst of all, right? Um, and I can understand, you know, when someone's first learning, they might just have a phone wallet and that's all, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, how do you kind of go on that journey? And I suppose you, you obviously well, every Bitcoiner goes on that journey, right? Like typically they start on you know the phone wallet and then maybe they get a hardware wallet depending on how much they bought. And then, okay, now it's time to start learning. Okay, how, what's this node thing? How do I use yeah. that? How do I connect yeah. it, right?
1: So so that's why I think, Stefan, that uh, look, running a Bitcoin business and trying to run one, build one, it's actually not looking too much into the future. It's about getting back to basic. Getting yep. back to basics and touch ground, okay? People, uh, people that don't know what Bitcoin is, you won't, uh, I mean, to convince them at once that they want a Bitcoin full note, it's like, what? Well, it's like, I, I'll give you an example. I've convinced people that don't know anything about Bitcoin that they should run a Bitcoin full note, but because I don't call them Bitcoin full notes anymore when I talk about them to pre-coiners, I call them Pandora box and, that, and I show that to people. Physically. And that's where, when they say, Oh, that's beautiful. Even chicks, man. What's the probability that you create a Bitcoin product? Okay. A Bitcoin full note. And then you show it to girls and they say, I want one of those to look myself into that stainless steel that, that works like a mirror and bend my lips. <laughs> Crazy, man. So look, I've, I think it's, it's great stories. Awesome brands. Okay. Tied to the, those awesome stories great products, do one thing, do one product first, focus on that, okay? And start finding the way that you will educate people and shorten the learning curve for them. And, and then good distribution. And good distribution right, comes with investment, VCs, and I'm on that. I'm on that. You can be sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So look, tell me, tell me about Coinspray. Why did you start Coinspray?
1: So it was actually because I had already got too much into Bitcoin. Okay. And I, I was already grasping and understanding about it. That I when I started talking to people inside Venezuela and other Bitcoiners, I didn't I didn't see them having the knowledge that I already hold about Bitcoin. So it, it's it's kind of like a yeah, personal ego stuff that started telling me inside my head, like you gotta build a Bitcoin business because it's a responsibility. It's not even because you want. It's because you got too much into it, and now you're you have the possibility to become a pioneer in that. And I have some assets and resources of my family, uh, myself. So I said, like, which other Venezuelan has the opportunity in that, Alessandro? Which one? You gotta do it, man. This is a call. This this is this is your call. Okay, this is one part of your call in life. So I started digging into more about Bitcoin full nodes and starting more uh, learning about how to how to install them um, on a Raspberry Pi. And that's when I thought about it, like, oh my God, I can use the smallest computer in the world to install Bitcoin full node there. And that's pretty much a bank, right? Like a personal bank, literally. little bit. A hardware wallet is not. If you don't have the blockchain, you are still depending on a third party to interact with, let's not call it Bitcoin network anymore. Let's call it Bitcoin continent, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so look, uh, and learning more about Bitcoin full notes and trying to create a market, right? Inside Venezuela, because there's not a market uh, for Bitcoin full notes. And I think this unique advocate uh, and and like a pastor, yeah, I've been shepherding uh, the whole way to like building new infrastructure based on Bitcoin full notes inside Venezuela. I've, I envision my country with at least 10,000 Bitcoin full notes. Okay. Uh, I have to, Look, I've talked to the banking system, I've talked to investors, I've, I've talked to uh, the, the Venezuelan stock market, I've talked, to, I've talked to fintechs inside Venezuela, and I, and I started showing them first uh, why they wanted a door box. And how I can help them out building multi signature schemes, and how we could eventually uh, make usage of the liquid network and be part of the inner, intercontinental exchange network that Blockstream is building and build up some stable coins ourselves, uh, like a Bolivar stable coin, even, right? But on the liquid network. Uh, so, My whole business model with CoinSpree for Bitcoin full nodes started as a B2B business model and still is. It will not become a B2C business model, I think, for the next uh, year and a half or two years until I finish the application. And until I really build the best plug and play Bitcoin full node that exists on the market. Because I've already have Nodo, I've already have Samurai, I already have Casa, and they all have their own approaches. I've already installed myself my node BTC. I even grabbed the SD card of Casa and I uh, formatted that and I installed my node BTC on it. And I just think that I have my own approach, man, you know, and and I have a different story. And and that's a huge opportunity because no other Bitcoin company globally basically has immediate penetration inside the Venezuelan market. And I think we're actually like the perfect... Bitcoin consumer globally, but because our government made us outliers of the system. If you're on Venezuela, you pretty much can open an account and every single exchange in the globe. Bitrix has already shut in my account. Uphold has shut down my account. And it's all because you're inside Venezuela. Kraken has not. Kraken is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: um, yeah, so then I guess the business model that you're kind of going for is uh, selling to businesses inside Venezuela to have a Pandora box. So what's the case for them? Like, why would they want a Bitcoin node?
1: So look, uh, I've already told this to so many people inside my country. If you think about it, it's so stupid that we are, we have like one or even 2% of the global mining hashing power inside Venezuela and our economy is broke, literally, okay? Uh why are we exporting every single Bitcoin that we mine into an international exchange or into a hardware wallet of an international company? It's because we don't have a national custodial solution. That's it. And that's what I envision, Stefan. I envision that we can actually, Bitcoin, and I think it will happen, Bitcoin Suela will be the first economy in the world to get Bitcoinized, dude. It's already pretty much Bitcoinized, but it will Adopt Bitcoin as a standard, not only as a unit of account. It will adopt Bitcoin as a philosophy, as an as an ideal of life and a life lifestyle, literally. So that's why I think we need Bitcoin full nodes, man, right? Uh, and and themselves uh, store Bitcoin for the long term. Do not depend on third parties to transact uh, over Bitcoin continent. Okay, uh, have a foot in Bitcoin continent yourself, and the fastest ship. To Bitcoin continent is Bedouin
0: <laughs> Cool, cool. So, so what are the businesses saying? Are they sort of uh, anxious about it? Are they sort of totally. like, oh, we don't really totally. know about Bitcoin. We don't want that. Like, what's their what's what's their message typically?
1: Totally, definitely. Look, the hardest penetration for CoinStreet to date has been, uh, of course, with the banking system inside Venezuela. But again, it's completely broke. Okay, the Venezuelan banking system is completely broke. So, they don't have anything else to do. They can have dollars, they can have euros. What what are they going to monetize? They're they're sort of like inside a room, and and there's not any more space to move inside inside that. Okay. So, they definitely have to get into Bitcoin. And nobody else has approached them. And you can be sure of that. Only El Sultan has approached them (laughs) with a solution. Who is going to build for them a Bitcoin full-on in San Venezuela? Nick Newman? James a love no they're not they can't
0: <laughs> so you're gonna try and help them set up with multi-signature yeah what, what are you using then are you doing like Electrum multi-sig or what's your you know what's your plan with that
1: It's actually more like a manual process. I'm trying to get rid of Electrum Server uh, uh, for the institutional part, right? Uh, And just building multi-signature from raw, okay, from terminal. And we use different hardware wallets. We use Trezor and then also Ledger. I'm actually in talks with the Trezor Enterprise Division. And hopefully CoinStreet will become an official commercial partner of Trezor uh, very soon so I'm very much excited about it because that will give me the possibility of not buying, you know, a treasure like on Amazon or from any reseller. I will become a reseller myself and I will just get the treasures directly from Trezor and use them to build the multi-sig uh, scheme. Uh, that would actually help us a lot with those Shamir backups that they use uh, for the private keys and, and all of that. Uh, I'm actually planning on installing Caravan. The the caravan protocol from Unchained Capital. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, Unchained yeah. is my
0: sponsor, but um, I, I'm a big fan of them as well. I love. I think the caravan is a great option. Um, hopefully, that also becomes like one of the easy ways for people who want to kind of do their own. Right, If they have like a miner and it's already on the miner, then yeah. they can set it up. Right, and I mean, even for business uses, you could, yeah, you could definitely um, try and put that to use there as also. So that's that's pretty cool. So I mean, how how big is your team with coinspree
1: we're more than 10 people, man. We're more than 10. We're 10 plus people. Yeah. Uh, and we're, look, there, there's a Swiss guy already. He's 47 years old. There's my father. He's almost 60 years old. Uh, the business development advisor of, of Coinspree used to be the auditor for the FBI servers in Florida in the United States. And he worked for over 20 years inside the Venezuelan banking system. So he has pretty much done all of the lobby for Coinsbury inside the Venezuelan banking system. In the mm-hmm. end, it's a cartel. It's a, it's, those are bankers. So you need to do somebody <laughs> lobby. <laughs> you need to invite them to a restaurant and give them a nice piece of steak and a bottle of whiskey or whatever.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So uh, well, is the well, business mostly... Sorry, go on
1: uh we're look uh we're mostly millennials well 23 yeah. year old people and 26 year old people 29 years old mm. people we're a very multifaceted team i i only build uh, teams uh filled with maniacs <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's that saying it's like uh those ones who are crazy enough to believe they can change the world they're the ones who can do it right yeah um, and, so,
1: Yeah. And bitcoin is money only for maniacs <laughs>
0: it'll it'll get there it'll get there um so is is coinsbury meant to be mainly inside Venezuela in terms of customers or are you kind of looking at you know latin america or what's what's your, what do you, what's your kind of market there
1: so look uh I had not and my it was it was not in my plans releasing the whole satellite block stream deal that I did uh two weeks ago right uh, I was envisioning that like two three years in advance you know seven but then the whole covid nineteen thing exploded and the globe has already changed. Mindset has already changed. Psychology has already changed. People that used to sleep 10 hours are sleeping three hours only now or four hours. So it's hectic. And uh, of course, I've got that into consideration. So um, I know that LATAM and South America is a very vibrant and special market for not only CoinStreet, the whole Bitcoin deal OK, we've been we've been craving for years with countercurrency currency exchanges everywhere inside South America, Argentina, Brazil and Peru and Chile. Every single one of those country, countries has gone super inflationary or hyper inflationary. And, you know, uh, Venezuela is working as the harbor for Bitcoin volume through local bitcoins for all of South America. So I know that. Uh, The the story behind CoinSpree, the amazing story behind Vendorabugs is starting inside Venezuela. Uh, I've already built use cases with Universidad Metropolitana, right? Who is uh, my college. It's the most entrepreneurial college of all of all of Venezuela. Uh, I've already run proof-of-concept uh, tests with them, and they fell in love with the Pandora box. They were crazy. As soon as we connected the full node, we were connected to China, to Iran, to the United States. They couldn't believe it. It's, there's, there's no boundaries. It's Bitcoin continent again. But yes, now I'm trying to, look, uh, insert uh, the whole satellite deal for Latin America. And I know that making usage of the Raspberry Pi is ideal for that. I'm actually on their to- talks with Blockstream to figuring out uh, we're running tests together on the Raspberry Pi 3B+, Plus, stressing it as much as possible, uh, because I think it's the ideal hardware to continue deploying that overall South America. I've already actually been in touch with the Raspberry Pi Foundation themselves, right, uh, itself. Uh, and eventually, look. The Raspberry Pi 4 is already eight gigabytes. It's a monster. Okay, you could run an AI neural network and <laughs> a neural network node on that and have installed a Bitcoin full node with, with Lightning and Liquid and it won't crash. You can be sure of that. Uh, so, look, uh, eventually, even the Raspberry Pi Foundation will start giving for free, you know, for free. Raspberry Pi, all, all spare parts of Raspberry Pi 3B pluses. And I pretend on using that for Latin America and start giving that even as donations to start building use cases. I I, I need to continue educating people, okay. And uh, but after Venezuela, I do plan on going internationally. I also in CoinSpree we have already traced a vision uh, and a in a strategy on how to penetrate the European markets, the U.S. markets, and South America. And it's amazing. And it's all under my sleeve, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, I want to hear about uh, your blocksat story. So mm-hmm. uh, tell us how how did that come about?
1: Okay. So uh, last year, when the electrical grid started failing in my country, I immediately bought the, hard, the necessary hardware to start running tests with satellite, with my team. Uh, because we felt freeze. We couldn't do anything, man. I mean... We were undergoing the Pandora box development. We were starting to run over the lightning network and that, and the electric grid started failing. That, that was chaotic. Uh, we started using first Fedora, because I started looking at not Google's tutorials on Medium. And uh, the, the first tutorial he, he put up online uh, uh, made usage of the Fedora distro of Linux right, to install the, the satellite. We run some tests. We connected to the satellite. It was very. It's. It's actually very. It was very. Blockstream that had not launched the two megabyte per, uh, per second download speed under uh, satellite. It was already set Block Blockstream satellite 1.0, but yeah, we had all. We were already been testing for over a year with Blockstream satellites. Uh, Udisal 113, 1. Uh, this the South American satellite. Uh, but then, the whole directive video that all of a the sudden they left Venezuela, I said, okay, dude, I'm fucking tired. I'm tired of the government, I'm tired of the system, there's no system, I'm tired of everyone. I'm going to get the transponder out and ju- I just installed the the, the free LMB right? And and now I'm just having, I'm running my own Bitcoin satellite full node. man. it's It's amazing. After after I started running them on Fedora, uh, running it on Fedora, I started running it on Ubuntu because now it's pretty much it's way easier to install it. The listeners should totally try to install a Bitcoin full node and go above the system. <laughs> we don't give a fuck about any of <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, and and there were some uh, pretty big updates that came in the new block stream satellite version yeah. too, as I understand. They've got a new feed which can, so previously, I think it was like the last one day worth of blocks. Whereas now they've actually got another stream, which apparently can go from zero to all the way um mm. on blockstream satellite now so that's very cool uh, especially for people who want to try and just start up from the very beginning and do it all the way so there's a lot of um awesome uh, you know sensor resistant properties that come from that and i think it's very cool project by blockstream so I, I presume you were also in touch with some of the guys from blockstream
1: Yeah, samsung Mao, and blue matt and yeah yeah man i'm inside i'm inside the private slack channel
0: Awesome, man. That's uh, that's very cool. So, yeah. So I guess then with the Pandora box, what's the thought for the hardware around that? Is that going to be Raspberry Pis inside the box, or what's your? It is going to be
1: there? definitely the Raspberry Pi. To me, at a hardware, uh, at a hardware perspective, uh, perspective, Stefan, the Raspberry Pi dude. It's like the Bitcoin of hardware literally I mean, <laughs> literally dude literally because it's like the most open source hardware and computer pc uh of the globe so I, I think it will and it's backed by the raspberry pi foundation dude it's just an amazing hardware and I, and look i've not done tests like inside a laboratory like uh swiss people would do inside switzerland and, and I think that's pretty much why the Bitbox project got stopped by Shift Crypto Security. Uh, costs do. How much does it cost you to have a developer in Switzerland? Like 5,000 Swiss francs per year. You know how much Coinspree's teammates charge to Coinspree? Zero, because they're married to the costs. <laughs>
0: well, hardware to the hardware cost. is expensive, right?
1: It's expensive, man, and, and trying to run those kinds of projects is very difficult. I, I look. Do you think that I, I I already had in my mind the Pandora box when I started CoinStreet? No, and frankly, and that's just how any project starts, man. And you just gotta keep on going, you gotta keep on building, and you gotta show the people that you're in love of what you're doing, man. Otherwise, what? Why the hell are you doing it, man? <laughs> Quit that. <laughs> but look, uh, I'm gonna be pretty honest. Uh, and straightforward. If it's not me, Stefan, eventually someone will build a Bitcoin full note like this, as flat as your iPhone, dude. Okay, and as sick as your iPhone. And you need like uh, I, I've run the I've run the numbers already because I'm a, I'm an industrial engineer. I know how to build production lines for myself, right? Any sort of production line right? for whatever it is that you want. Uh, and you need like 50 million dollars to bid, to build a hardware factory to start producing uh, a Bitcoin full node dedicated hardware, literally. So before anyone achieves that in the globe, I think it'll first it'll first be through the Raspberry Pi itself. So that's why I've already been in touch even with Farnell LTD. They are uh, one of the only two companies that globally have uh, the license given by the Raspberry Pi Foundation to produce Raspberry Pis. They have factories in the UK, in China, and even in the United States, in Florida, and they are able to uh, produce raspberry pies at the same cost at each one of them because it is so automated to the last nanometer. It's sick, man. You gotta see one of those factories. It's sick. So I've already been in touch with them and the general manager from uh, from Europe that was back in December twenty eighteen, and he and he he fell in love with the project. He was like how the hell is a dude from Venezuela approaching me in Milano, Italy? And <laughs> I'm one of the best bakeries inside uh, inside Italy. And I, and he's with this small raspberry pie in He's telling me that he wants to install Bitcoin Pundo there, that it's going to be open door it's, it's an awesome story, man, really.
0: That's awesome, man. Yeah, so that's, that's great to hear. Um, I, I'd love to talk a little bit more about the... You know, Bitcoin community. Uh, you know, so uh, tell us a little bit about the meetup scene. And, you know, is, is there much of that going on? Or not really?
1: Look, uh, there's only one dude that has been doing most of the meetups here, okay? Crypto Bastardo, literally. It's him, uh, Javier. Uh, and I think he's done a pretty well job. He's built a brand himself from scratch from the ground and that's the beauty of the bitcoin community right man when you start introducing yourself and you do your own research you start talking to all of the bitcoiners and you start introducing yourself there Uh, i think that we need more than just meetups inside venezuela we need like a bitcoin techno party inside
0: so what's the techno what's the party gonna be (laughs) Mm -mm. that's confidential for the time being but you are going to be inside it you're going to be
1: inside it and Brady has to be there and Andreas Antonopoulos has to be there and Jesse Powell and everyone dude. because frankly we Bitcoiners need to show one thing to the globe right now because it is our moment Stefan we need to show that we are united united dude that we don't give a fuck about governments and we don't give a fuck about any system and once the whole covid 19 deal passes i am i'm sure dude it'll be explosive once we start uploading the videos and the photos together from venezuela and i'm and i'm taking the time to set up a nice thing i think we're gonna call it bitcoin tropical valley event (laughs) because caracas is a valley itself it's a beautiful valley
0: Right, yeah, so you got to you got to brand it and um, you know, I think they've got like, you know, different places called, you know, whatever, Bitcoin Valley or Crypto Valley or whatever, things like that. So you're going to set that up there and get that started, hey.
1: Yeah, man. And you're coming. You are coming. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what what what's it like the current story, you know, if people want to travel in and out of Venezuela now?
1: For now, because of the whole COVID-19 deal, blah, 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 uh da, 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 da. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a mess, but probably next year, it'll be, it'll be just fine, man, okay, if you want to travel to Europe, and you have enough money, you can go, if you want to travel inside Venezuela, you can come, of course, you have to know someone inside Venezuela, but be sure, you know, it's all time, man, you're gonna be safe over here with
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, so tell us, a... oh, yeah, sure. Oh, he's lost his headphone there. Got him. Too All much right, passion. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's
0: right. Too passionate. Um. So, tell us about your rebranding to L Sultan Bitcoin.
1: Sure. Uh, it's specifically specifically because of part of that strategy of for of transitioning from a B two B business model into a B two C business model. Right. Uh, we're starting to communicate to people and the Bitcoin community that. Bit by bit, we have the intention of selling Pandora Box to people. Okay, uh, so the rebranding will help us. At, it, it's going to be awesome. All of the Bitcoin, uh, all of the coins team members will have their own meme. Okay, sort of like their own character. I'm um, also Sultan Bitcoin, and there's we're going to have L Bitcoin Rider, L DJ Bitcoin, <laughs> L General Bitcoin. It's going to be so cool, man. I, I think it. People are liking it, okay? People that don't know anything about Bitcoin, they, they, they feel more in touch with it. They, they, they are connecting more to that feeling. And yeah, I test every single thing that runs through my mind. Firstly, with my friends, then with my Bitcoiner friends, pre-coiner friends, old people, right? Look, I'm this crazy guy, Stefan, that has even thought that Andrea Bocelli should be able to use a Bitcoin full note. Artists should be able to use a Bitcoin full note. And we Bitcoiners have the, the responsibility of continue communicating how important it is for people to run a Bitcoin full note for the globe, man, okay? For the globe, for the future of humanity, man. And I think that even Kim Kardashian will run a Bitcoin full note eventually. I think that even Roger Federer will run a Bitcoin full note dude. I think that even a blind person should be able to run a Bitcoin full note Otherwise, look, look, what's the sound of Bitcoin, Stefan? How does Bitcoin sound? You don't know. Bitcoin is dead. If it doesn't have a sound, it's dead. If you don't have a sound at all, you're missing one of the senses. And, and if you're missing one of the senses, you don't even have a user experience at all. So I'm trying to bring music to Bitcoin, okay? So that even a Brian person can use Bitcoin. We're, we've been already testing a voice assistant for, uh, for Bitcoin Core itself. So you can talk to the blockchain. It's like, What's my balance? Boom, and it gives you a big win balance. What's the what's the last block number, and it gives you the last block number. It's hectic. It's super cool. (laughs) For Starbucks, very very ambitious,
0: very ambitious goal. Super ambitious, super ambitious. Yeah. Um. So then, I guess thinking more like you know security of the node and stuff like that. How are you kind of thinking about that as an issue for people? Um. And You know, are they, you know, you're thinking they're keeping the keys hot on the node kind of thing, or, you know, they're going to do the whole Electrum server hardware wallet thing.
1: Sure, I think I think it just depends on the use case, right? Uh, it depends on how how much bitcoins you have, how much are you into Bitcoin, how much Bitcoin you're going to transact there. Are you going to go all crazy and you want to start liquid trading Bitcoin and you are got to change Bitcoin for liquid for liquid Bitcoin and then start trading with USDT, your liquid bitcoins and that stuff, okay? Which is totally doable, right? There's even liquidity.io to start buying your liquid bitcoins. So I, I think it's uh, it's. Uh, a task for coinspre to continue educating people all of the possibilities of what they can achieve with their node. Uh, but as J.W. Weatherman says, right, that he has yeti, Yeti.call Yeti.call.com dot org. Awesome page. Uh, you can plug safely a couple of thousands of, of dollars inside your node. Okay. And, and that's going to be fine. I've done it myself. I've had like more than four Bitcoins inside a hot node and it's fine. Right, From an right. it's fine. And running over tour with lining whatever and and I've also coin myself and and it's fine. Okay. It's it's just like uh, and I'm not giving coin joiner to people yet. I didn't think that giving lining to people yet it's 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 not it's not ideal, man. It's not ideal. Look at what happened to CASA. When you started setting up your fir- your first uh, the first version of CASA uh, through your web browser it's like this is an experimental technology. How are people that don't know about Bitcoin going to buy that?
0: They're just not. Yeah. 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 Another interesting one is this idea of, well, now a lot more people are going to work remotely, potentially. And they might be able to, if they've got a digital skill, then they can start earning Bitcoin. So that's potentially another angle as well. So are you exploring that as a way that you teach people about Bitcoin of, hey, you can sell your service online and earn Bitcoin?
1: uh not yet but because i still have lots of work to do with our strategy and the whole again one thing at a time focused and our focus is bitcoin full node literally building a beautiful a beautifully aesthetically aesthetical bitcoin full node one cable only one cable and maybe in the future in 5 years and 10 years a wireless hard wireless charging hardware without any port okay uh, like that but yeah i think that look i'm planning on even building spanish tutorials very curated uh with coin sprees image and colors and all of that right so so it's beautiful and, and interesting to people that don't even know about full notes um so and to, for them to learn how to install a full note themselves okay probably just and bit by bit right first bitcoin core stable okay Go lightning stable okay try going liquid okay stable run tour okay stable VPN, okay, stable, go and join it and all of that, man. Eventually, uh, yes, every single every single Bitcoin business globally and Bitcoin project needs to understand how to ad- adopt inside their vision uh, an open source, an open source model of anything. Education, uh, technology, whatever it is, a GitHub page, whatever, man. But you you have to include it.
0: Awesome. So in your view, what does the next, let's say, one or two years look like for Bitcoin?
1: For Bitcoin, I think it's going to surpass the added price level. I think it's going to surpass the $50,000. I'm, co- I'm counting on that. If it doesn't happen, I don't care. Look, I have all of my savings and I've seen them go to $20,000. I didn't sell anything and then it went to 3000 And that was a like pretty interesting psychological experience, right? And that makes you tougher. Uh uh, the Venezuelan Bitcoin ecosystem, I think, is uh, continue being very vibrant uh, for the for that next year and two years. Uh, I'm very excited about what's going to happen for Bitcoin globally. Uh, look, as Jesse Powell said the other day on Bloomberg, uh, we are seeing merchants, uh, hedge funds, VCs, every single sort of client that is getting inside our exchange and is starting to buy somewhat Bitcoin and bitcoin is just this awesome brand that will be superior to amazon it'll be and it'll be the best brand man it'll even be more lost than coca cola
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's exciting B- to see bitcoin yeah.
1: will actually save families not coca cola
0: <laughs> so uh have you got any ideas around uh you know bitcoin citadels
1: bitcoin citadels uh what is that what does that mean i'm sorry
0: well it's uh it's 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 i mean it's kind of tongue-in-cheek but it's this idea that you know people <laughs> are going to set up you know these kind of gated communities with like private security or whatever and they're going to have like their you know their kind of higher security area for bitcoin people who want to get away from uh, 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 the more crazy people out there um but you know it's 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 more like a some people joke about it. Some people are more serious about it, let's say, you know. So you've got people who are talking about, oh, let's have free private cities and let's have whatever, right? Um, but then you've got other people on the other side who are like, no, hold on. It's actually not a very good idea from a security standpoint to have all these Bitcoin people together in this one area because, you know, they can get attacked and so on, all that. So, but I I think it's an interesting thing to see. And I think I'm, I'm expecting to see this kind of jurisdiction competition idea, right? Like people are just going to set up in lots of different areas and there'll be some that are better for Bitcoin and some that are not so good for Bitcoin. And that's you know that's how I see it playing out. Uh, but w- what's your view? Do you have any thoughts on that idea?
1: Look, I think that um, eventually maybe even governments start creating globally a Bitcoin, an official Bitcoin embassy uh, inside the country, right? Inside, the, inside their, jurisdi- their, their jurisdiction. Uh, I do think that's going to happen. Because it's a continent, it's not a network, it's a continent. <laughs> and what do you do with other countries and other continents? You do trade deals. You didn't regulate them. I actually look in, inside my thesis uh, uh, that I'm doing for, uh, it's, it's called a production line for uh, full nodes pertaining to P2P blockchain networks, case Bitcoin, okay? And in it, I, I think, I, I'm pretty much sure, I built one of the best, I designed, I designed one of the best Bitcoin full node production lines. But anyways, inside my thesis, there's a specific part where I mentioned another thesis of a a dude that studied, uh, he's a attorney, and he studies uh, digital messages and how governments should regulate digital messages, right? For example, an email, a WhatsApp message. And I think that the countries that go first at seeing Bitcoin as a digital message, okay, from a regulatory standpoint, and not as money. And start building the need for licenses and a bit license in New York and whatever crappy license that you're trying to put on top of Bitcoin. I think those companies will thrive best at Bitcoin adoption than others. The ones that start seeing from a regulatory standpoint, Bitcoin as a digital message. It's a message. That's it. It's a message. Dude, over the Internet. That's it. Over space. Uh, So look, uh, with regards to my vision, look. Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos are going to launch a whole bunch of mini satellites providing global internet usage to the world, okay? So that's part of my vision. And as as far as Bitcoin Citadels, I don't know about Bitcoin Citadels, but I'm sort of building my own, just that it doesn't have gates. I think about financial telecommunications. So I'm running a satellite node and I'm planning on hooking up to it, a LoRaWAN antenna, to, to start providing offline radio frequency blockchain Bitcoin signal for pretty much all of my neighborhood to have free Bitcoin signal. So if they have that and they start buying a uh, a more cheaper hardware than the high $500 cost that you have at a Pandora box level, for example, to, put, to build your full node and a Raspberry Pi with SSDs, uh, you start having all of the sudden access to Bitcoin signal without using an exchange. You only need like this very small hardware to decode the, the signal, the frequency and start transacting over the blockchain. And then maybe um, half free be paid a dollar per month. Okay. That, that a Venezuela can't allow himself to pay a dollar a month to transact over the Bitcoin blockchain network. Somehow I have to monetize the business.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. And so what, what what do you do in terms of power outages and still being able to use Bitcoin and all that? So uh, since
1: since I had the interest in um, creating the Pedora Box project, uh, I approached a electrical engineering teacher, one of the best electrical engineers of Venezuela, uh, from Universidad Central de Venezuela. Uh, it used to be one of the best colleges globally at its time. He installed uh, automated systems based on Raspberry Pi running on Raspberry Pis for the banking industry inside Venezuela uh, to automate out of out of the lighting uh, infrastructure. Okay, and and part of their their AC usage, their AC. It's a very cool project, and he had running the, those those full nodes for over two years. So I did approach him to see. Uh, how much, uh, to, to see if it, if it was actually viable to run a, uh, on a ras- to, to have running a Raspberry Pi 24-7 for three, at least five years. And it is totally, totally doable, man. I'm totally impressed at what the Raspberry Pi Foundation has achieved with that mini computer. I think it's going to thrive so much, man. And it's going to teach not only about Bitcoin and people. It actually helped me about learning to code and that's very, that's way more important than Bitcoin. Bitcoin is code itself. Well, it's, it's the World Cup of, of, of code, right? It's, a, it's as heavy as the World Cup in that sense. And it's the best open source technology that exists. Totally. Uh, I think I might have missed the point, but I'm just really excited about what's coming.
0: <laughs> oh, cool, cool. So uh, I guess in terms of dealing with power outages, then you, you just ha- you kind of- I use
1: an UPS
0: right yeah yeah
1: i use a ups but i am planning on doing tests with uh solar panels i even build a solar panel with an an acrylic sheet and then put some uh uh garbage uh, a piece of a garbage bag inside it and then wire some copper to it and you can get like five volts out out of that you can so yeah i'm an electrical engineer man
0: (laughs) Uh, of course of course Uh, Also wondering whether you've explored the whole local kind of mesh networking, you know, stuff like Gotenar or Locha Mesh, any of those ideas?
1: Sure, of course. Uh, Randy is a proud Bitcoiner and I've been in touch with Randy himself. He's building a very interesting thing and and, in that sense, Coinspree and Locha are somewhat of like brother projects, right? We're, we're at a hardware level. We both come from Venezuela. I just approached first the int- institutional part of it, which I think is very important. And so we're like, t- together, we're both building a very vibrant Bitcoin ecosystem. I'm very proud of what the dude is doing.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Um, look, man. I think the are most of the questions I had for you. So look, uh, let's um finish up, I guess where can listeners find you online, and you know uh, wh- if they want to follow you, what's the best place?
1: Okay, so I'm um, also Tom Bitcoin on Twitter, and I'm also also Tom Bitcoin on Instagram. Uh, We do not have a YouTube page yet because the internet is pretty crappy and we've been uh, We've been hooking ourselves up with some nice offices to be able to launch the YouTube channel eventually But I'll be mostly on Twitter as look just as Anthony Pompliano says and probably you already know because you're an expert at this Go and curate first One social media site then another social media site then another social media site and bit by bit I'm very conservative I'm a I'm a hectic guy, but I'm conservative. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, listeners, make sure you go and follow Alessandro. Check out Coinspree. and uh, thank you very much for joining me, Alessandro. Thank you, Stefan. Get, just be in touch, man. You will come
1: to see Bitcoin swell You will come to see the oldest land on the globe, and you will uh, you will enjoy it, man. Every single one and. We have to totally promote this and you're going to help us dude. We are going to promote Bitcoin Suela <laughs> and we're going to promote the Bitcoin Tropical Valley and you're going to be hearing a lot about us and it's going to be awesome. Thank you very much, Bitcoiners. Continue building the
0: world. Get the show notes and subscribe to the show at stefanlevera.com slash 184. I'll see you guys in the Citadels.